What's up, players? Welcome to episode 98 of Ready Press Play, your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of video games. Every Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific or 9 a.m. Eastern Time, we discuss the top news of the week, notable releases on all platforms, what we're playing, big topics of the industry, and the games we love. If you want to write anything to be read on the show, go to readyplaynetwork.com or hit us up at Ready Press Play on Twitter or TikTok. No matter where you found us, please subscribe to the feed so you can get every new show directly to your device as soon as it posts. And if you like it, please leave us a nice review. This is November 26, 2021. I'm your host, Louis Menchaca. And joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Daniel Lima. You know, Dan, I'm excited to uh, record this episode today. <laughs> That's the first time you've ever done a You Know Dan. That's interesting. You, <laughs> surprises you didn't yeah. go with uh, a You Know Louis, you know? Yeah, you've only I, done I it, don't know. I was just... You've only done it once. Yeah, when that was the yeah, first yeah. time. The first time you did it was uh, when you noticed that I was always saying You Know Dan. So... Yeah, that's right. That's right. Good point. I just wanted to do something different, but you know, it's been a it's been a a very uh, busy week for me. But looking forward to uh, having a few days off here on the on the upcoming few few days. So uh, excited for uh, excited for the week of Thanksgiving. Do you have any major Thanksgiving slash Black Friday Black Friday plans, Louis? So Thanksgiving is uh, we're recording the day on Thanksgiving Eve. Uh, so tomorrow's Thanksgiving for us. I'm gonna be with the family. We're gonna be eating. We cleared out mm-hmm. the 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 living room situation. Uh, it was a pain in the ass. It was a lot of sweating and just trying to move furniture around. So we got this big open space for tables and stuff for for the extended family. And then as far as Black Friday goes, I don't really. I'm just gonna relax. Like I'm gonna make it get up early in the morning, buy some video games that are on like Black Friday mm-hmm. doorbuster sales, and then come home. Like, I'm not going to be in lines or doing anything crazy. I just want to get me some $30, possibly $20 games, and, you know, that's it. Call it a day. What about you? Yeah. No, that's a good plan. And I you know, I, I have similar uh, kind of plans. So I, on, on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day itself, we're going to go and see some uh, some extended family and, and have dinner slash lunch with them, I guess. I, I hate that uh, it's called dinner regardless of what time you eat it, by the way. It's like if you have your Thanksgiving food at 11 a.m., it's still dinner. Or people still call it Thanksgiving dinner, and it yeah. annoys the, the, the shit having, out of me. But We're having it hella early than normal, because we normally have it like around 3, but we're having it at noon, because we want to spend more time with the family, I guess. But whatever. Yeah, same same thing for... Uh, same same thing for my family as well. But And then on uh, on Friday, you know, I'll... I don't know. I'll, I'll try to get some, some stuff done. Maybe some chores and errands done that, that I need to get done, and then um also try to grab some some video games play some video games but i don't think i'm gonna be doing any major big uh black friday shop especially because i i am not sitting in that much disposable income right now to just kind of like drop in like you know like tvs or whatever you know like big deals like that but um i don't need it anyway um so yeah i'll stick to uh same as you like i'll try to find some you know maybe get like guardians of the galaxy or you know, some of those games that came out this year that might be up for 20, 30 bucks, etc. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so, yeah, happy, happy Black Friday to you, Dan, since we're dropping yeah, this on Black same. Friday. And uh, also, just as a quick a bit of housekeeping here. Uh, number one, we're looking extra crispy because we're finally went back to Discord because I just want to say, fuck it. Let's just try it because we got off of Discord because of, uh, you know, Discord was being a bitch. And then, if you guys notice in like previous episodes, you know that Dan would get pixelated and like 144p <laughs> and stuff. Now, hopefully, with Discord being like you know better, then you know hopefully we don't have any disconnects or anything like that. So you know the other program, which we're not going to name drop because I don't know if we're branding or not, but the other program, <laughs> although it sucks, it never disconnected on us. 
like Discord did. So true, 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 true. Uh, you know, you know what's funny is that uh, you know we we're gonna make this change now to have a crispier image. Uh, and we're doing it at a great time so that we can have a crispier image for our final two or three episodes on video. <laughs> but uh, um, regardless, anyway, uh, Louis, I was going to say, you know, you mentioned we're dropping this on, on Black Friday. But what if we uh, what if we drop this on Thanksgiving instead? Like just drop it on Thursday so that it's a it's a day early and nice, nice little holiday gift to our listeners. Damn. I know I'm putting you on the spot. Would you have time? I know you're editing t- uh, tonight. Would you? Yeah, I'm editing tonight anyways. I was planning on editing yeah. tonight anyways. I'm not going to edit on Black Friday. I mean, on Thanksgiving. Yeah, <laughs> I'm never going to. I was never going to do that. So yeah, of course. If you if you got the thumbnail, audio listeners will get it tomorrow. Thanksgiving. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Let's try to get that done then. All right. Uh, so also, as far as video guys, we made the previous announcements like, like a couple episodes ago uh, that we are ending our video run, which means that level one gaming, we're sorry, we're, we're vacating Saturdays. Um, it was not, a, like I said, I want to reiterate, it was not a level one gaming decision. It was a ready press play decision. Uh, so uh, in the meantime, uh, between now and 102 or 104 or 106, which, which, whichever one of those three is going to be the final episode, which we haven't, Dan and I haven't decided yet. Um, I'm kind of aiming for like 104 because I think that I think that's the exact two year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want that to be the one. Uh, so um, with that being said, uh, we're gonna do a couple of things. Number one, episode 100 is the special episode we've already pre-recorded. I think we mentioned it previously on a previous episode. We were pre-recorded a month ago. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be lit. So uh, you know, keep an eye out for episode 100. Uh, just a quick uh, normal thing. Episode 101 will be the last normal episode. It may be the Game Awards reaction since we may be a week late because episode 100 drops during the Game Awards. I mean, like, fuck. <laughs> uh, so, so 101 will you be. You know, I that. bet. I wonder, Louis. Do you think Jeff Keighley is worried about that? By the way, do you think he's like, <laughs> oh man, maybe. Maybe we should push the game awards. Yeah, know, exactly. It's gonna right? it's it's gonna be on the same day as episode 100 of Ready Press Play. You know, exactly. if I was him, I would exactly. I would think about that. <laughs> exactly, man. It's just they don't they don't give us calls. Our agents does not give us a cause, but whatever. Uh, so 101 will be the last regular episode, uh, and then 102 and 103 will will be pre-recorded episodes since they'll be dropping on Christmas week and New Year's week. So, uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, that'll uh, that'll bring us to the end of uh, 2021. So. Uh, Dan, you want to add anything to that? Uh, no, I think you covered it. Uh, some of those pre-recorded episodes we still have to record, and we're probably going to be doing it over the next uh, week or two, uh, and we're going to try to do some some fun stuff with those. But, you know, episode 100, uh, we recorded that now, like, like I think close to like three months ago. So uh, just giving everybody a heads up that I think it's going to be really cool evergreen content. Uh, but if there's anything really stupid that we say at, at that point, it's because we had no idea of what was going to happen, you know, in between then and now. Yeah, it was like the week before Sora got announced or whatever or something like that. So it's like we were screwed. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that's all I wanted to say about that. It's going to be really interesting, really fun. And I got some I got a surprise for you guys for the episode 100. So. Uh, not only is there a surprise for episode 100, like for you guys, the audience, there's a surprise that Dan doesn't know about that's going to be oh. an episode 100. So I've been what? I've been cooking something up for the editing process since I've had all this time to edit. Uh, so um, I'm going to tell you right now. Oh, shit. I am going to... Dan will see episode 100 before you guys uh, get to see it, but he will not see the surprise. I will withhold that uh, for, the, uh, for the actual premiere on YouTube. So there you go. What yeah. the hell? All right. Exactly. I'm, um, he doesn't you know. Ju- you just he has got no me. idea. Yeah. Yeah. 
You just got me all giddy and excited to hear Lewis. I'm like, oh, I, you know, Lewis, he, uh, he can be ambitious with his ideas for like special things and and et cetera. So I, I have no idea what it would be, but I feel like feel like it would be something cool. So we'll see. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, hopefully things go. Uh, I've been, I've already been uh, in communication with my team. Uh, I have been given the green light <laughs> that it's gonna go ahead. That's gonna, but I just have to, you know, get the the content, you know. So put it together. Yeah. Put it together. All right. So. Cool, cool. Uh, that being said, uh, yeah, be on the lookout for that. And in the meantime, we'll go ahead and talk some video games. This is a video game podcast, so let's talk about some some games. Dan, surprisingly, you know, I played Liz. something. But go ahead, what's up? No, I, we we have a little bit of a, a longer delay today, so we keep talking over each other here and there. I, I was I was just gonna say that you know, listening to the Mega Man music was just reminding me. Did you ever watch this video? I think it's like an Ego Raptor video or something from years ago, where he's talking about the first level in Mega Man X and how yes. it was like a lesson in game design and how to like do tutorials and quotes correctly and stuff. Perfection. Uh, and there's like yes, exactly. That is a Shout out to that video. Pretty cool video. I used to watch that. I've watched that like a dozen times and I've showed it to some of my friends and uh, they really like it as well to the point where, you know, we're, we'll be hanging out and playing games and stuff. And they always quote like there's like this part in the video where like the, the little tutorial girl comes up and she's like, Mega Man, Mega Man. And uh, <laughs> use your mighty hammer. And they're they're making fun of like how games are tutorialized today instead of that. Anyway, I was I just listened to the Mega Man sound effect and I remember that video. So just wanted to give that a shout out. Pretty good video for aspiring game designers out there to to go and check out <laughs> mm, nice so dan you've uh you played a, a game of the word nominee haven't you yes 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 uh so after uh we talked about the the game award you know the last two episodes we kind of focused a little bit on on the award season like leading up to the award season we're going to do a little bit more of that today um and uh i went out and i i looked at the game the list of games awarded and then i went through uh xbox game pass and just the xbox store in general and i ended up downloading a bunch of the games that i saw that were nominated either you know games that were included in game pass so i downloaded you know forza horizon 5 and um you know a few other things i also bought you know some of the indie games that were uh that were nominated for things that were cheap enough um and i i even put it all together in this like little folder like oh this God. folder in the in of the xbox so, like, you call, called it uh called it the game awards folder uh, but anyway, there was one game that was nominated for a few different categories that we talked about. Uh, it was called The Artful Escape. And this game is available on Xbox Game Pass right now, so you can go and download it for free if you have the subscription. And I wanted to check it out. Uh, it was nominated for, I think, Best Visual uh, Art or uh, Great... Uh, what, what do they call it? Art Direction? Yeah, Art Direction. Uh, it was also nominated, I think, for Best Indie Game and and maybe uh, one, other, one other thing. Uh, so I wanted to check this game out. Um... This game is a kind of a I, I almost don't know how to how to describe it. It's like it's a little bit of a, an adventure uh, platformer. Uh, kind of reminds me of something like Oxenfree or After Party, like those kinds of games where there's there's a lot of dialogue, there's a lot of story. It's not as much um, you know, it, it's not as much about the gameplay as it is about you know the 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 setting and the dialogue and kind of going through this this narrative um, and the 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 story revolves around a musician character who is kind of having a little bit of a an identity crisis in the beginning of the game because he uh he's following on the footsteps of his uh this very famous music musician who was his uncle um and everybody kind of expects him to be like his uncle but he doesn't really 
feel that way. Like he doesn't really not only, you know, it's big shoes to 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 fit, but it's also, you know, he doesn't necessarily really want to do that kind of music in his heart. Uh and so he he encounters, you know, some different characters in in the town where he lives and then he he goes to bed at night, you know, he's going to have his big performance the next morning and then overnight he wakes up in the middle of the night and there's something happening outside the house. He walks out and then he ends up gets getting taken into this adventure to another dimension. Um, the game is pretty much an acid trip as far as like the the story and the visuals go. It's I, I've never seen a game that looks quite like it. Uh, in the beginning, you know, the little tutorial intro to the game, it's um, it, it, it doesn't look that uh, that crazy. But the moment that you get sucked into this this other uh, dimension that. Uh, this very like in this very like almost like twilight zone uh kind of way uh then the game just goes off the rails with the colors and and the the art style and everything and uh, i played it for about two hours i i'm not done with the game yet i it's one of those short ones where if i play if i put another hour or so in it maybe maybe i'll finish it uh, but pretty cool so far i think uh, it really stands out on the art style department uh the game does have a music theme so i think the score is pretty cool as well uh, it has some pretty good audio design um you know some pretty good uh you know background music and stuff like that and just uh it's very creative however th those are all the pros on the cons i would just say that the gameplay is just not that interesting there's not a lot going on gameplay wise you're really just kind of walking and chatting like you know there's a little bit of uh rhythm parts uh rhythm game parts where you need to uh you know you need to press buttons uh you know following certain orders and stuff and you're almost doing like a it's almost you know the 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 music segments of the game I almost feel like a game of Simon where uh you know you somebody will be some character will be playing music uh and then signs will let up on screen and then you have to press buttons on the controller according to those signs uh like in the same order and stuff uh but overall you know very creative unique cool little game uh I can see why it got nominated for the categories that it did um I don't think it stands out in the gameplay front but it definitely stands out in the art yeah, it's uh, nominated for best art direction, best score in music, and best debut indie. So yeah, I think I think it's a fair nomination for all of those categories. Yeah, so I was like, I pulled up uh, screenshots of the game uh, on screen. Mm -hmm. um, it's the same. I remember the these screenshots because last week we were like, "Whoa, look at this!" and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, uh, Annapurna Interactive—they never—they never miss. Yeah, I know. It's uh, it's a very Annapurna kind of game. You know, they they really go for those weird like. You know, indie games that are not just good, but are also trying to do something different. You know, like I feel like all their games, they often feel like they're trying to do something different. I think Donut County was also Annapurna and, you know, a bunch of others. Um, so, yeah, I, I could totally see them, you know, snagging some of these awards. I, I don't think we really voted for them, but uh, when we were doing our predictions, but now that I've actually played uh, quite a bit of the game, I, I could see them even getting something like, I don't know, art direction or something like that. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we didn't vote for either. Uh, none of the three. We never. I have the, the our little Excel sheet, and uh, <laughs> we didn't uh, we didn't pick it on any of them. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's cool. That's awesome. I actually uh, I, I would uh, especially with it being on Game Pass, I'd have no reason to not check it out. Especially with it, you said being a short game. I mean, fuck, short games are my jam. Um, yeah, absolutely. So as far as what I've been playing though, uh, so I decided to uh, get back into Pokemon. I haven't played Pokemon on the Switch Yay. like at all. Uh, so I tried out Shining Pearl, and um, my friend got uh, Brilliant Diamond. My friend also bought a Switch Lite for, for Pokemon. 
He was waiting. He's been waiting for a Pokemon game for the Switch, and he finally got it. Because fuck Let's Go and fuck Sword and Shield, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, I have a just minor like this is a complaint that's specifically geared at my personality. All right. Okay. All right. Nessus does not a game. It's not a complaint on the game as a whole. It is just a Lewis complaint. This is the most Lewis ass complaint that I can have on a Pokemon game, and. It just seems to me like with every with every generation of Pokemon, they make they piss me off just a little bit more and more when it comes to starting the game. Okay, so I am the type of motherfucker that would like to start the game and play the game with all three starters, like straight up. So like two Game Boys, a Link Cable, and I'm gonna get me a Charmander, Squirtle, and Bulbasaur. I'm just gonna like um, start the game. Get to the part where I can trade, un- like unlock the trading ability, trade to myself, and then delete the game, and then have my main game, my main like, you know. So like, if I have red and blue, I'm gonna like delete blue over and over again and- until red has all three starters, and I can run the campaign with all three starters as my team. And uh, this is no exception. Okay, so my friend, okay. my friend got diamond, and since I uh, have. Uh, Shining Pearl, what I decided to do was I'm going to delete my game over and over again until I have all three starters in Shining Pearl. And I held, I traded to him so he can hold my Pokemon safely for me and give them back to me when I'm ready. And I got to say, like, it takes me two hours to unlock the trading ability. Now, mind you, it doesn't take you two hours to unlock the trading ability. And it takes you two hours to unlock the trading ability over Wi-Fi. You can trade locally, except we were never in the same room together. So I was just like, I had a, you got to do all these story uh, mission razzmatazz. And then on top of that, you have to get to the, you have to beat the first badge. Like the, the Pokemon center has like this thing where like, oh, downstairs is the Wi-Fi place. Sorry, we're closed right now. In order to open, you got to beat the first badge because fuck you. And it like, it was a little bit of grind and I got to like, uh, it was just a pain in the ass. I really wish that Pokemon would streamline this ability to harvest Pokemon. But yeah. I feel like I want to literally tackle you right now in the name <laughs> of the Pokemon, like the Game Freak developers, because that is such an oddly specific use case that you're talking about here. Like, I didn't, I never, it never even occurred to me that that was something somebody would do to play these games. Because to me, the way I look at Pokemon is that it's like, you choose a starter, and that starter that you chose, that's your person, that's your partner, you know, for the adventure, you know, you don't go and get all of them. The choice, you know, I think we need to, uh, to uh, unpack this a little bit, Louis, because, you know, maybe you're too afraid of commitment, you know what I mean? Like, maybe, <laughs> maybe you don't want to make that, make that choice. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that says something about you no but i i i get it you know it is a valid use case uh i i i didn't know people did that but if people do that you're probably not you know you're probably not the only one um so if if that use case was more streamlined in previous games than it is on this one i think that's fair criticism um i was just no but it's like they, uh, but it is they've been doing it already like since the ds has been hard mm-hmm. but like like normally it's like when you get the Pokedex, you can start trading. And that's not, that's the case here too, but it's just like, uh, you know, with me, I was sick last week. Remember, I think I mentioned on the episode, like I was sick. I can't be around people. I have to trade online. You know what I mean? So I wasn't going to have my mm-hmm. friend come over, come over to my house and, uh, just with the whole, Oh, and by the way, um, after you beat the first gym, uh, leader, there's a town you go to, uh, the next town over 
is the same town where you can meet the grandpa and the grandma who give you the mu the mu and the jirachi, which were the uh, the 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 bonuses that we talked about during the news the new release last week. So I got three sets of mews and jirachis as a result of uh, of our reset. So okay. yeah, that's cool. I have I have like three mews and three jirachis because mm-hmm. because why not? Because you know they're only mythical Pokemon, but you know whatever. So yeah, yeah. I. I can tell you we play Pokemon games very different because I don't even, honestly, uh, uh, number one, I'm not the big Pokemon fan, but the, the times that I have played through a Pokemon game, um, I didn't even do any trading. I just, I almost played it like a Telltale game. It's just like, there's a story here. I'm just kind of going to make my choices, go through the story, get it done with, and then that's it. I I, I very, I explored very little the, the whole like trading slash online aspect of Pokemon. I know that that's the, you know, I know that that's like one of the biggest components of the game, but it was just, I almost approached them more as like, you know, here's a, you know, here's a, I don't know, like 30 to 40 hour story RPG and uh, I'm just going to go through it by myself and, you know, pick my six, you know, my six uh, fighters or, or whatever. And then and then have a few like on the bench for, <laughs> you know, occasions, you know, back in the day you would have your uh, your Pokemon that you teach all of the like HMs to or whatever. Like <laughs> you yeah. get some random like like generic ass Pokemon that you don't necessarily really want to use to fight and you just teach them to uh like, I don't know, like break uh headbutt and uh cut and surf and yeah. all these other things and, well they stream like that um, too so you don't have to have yeah. a you don't have to have an hm slave uh in this game like they <laughs> just they've they've done a lot I of think, modern conveniences i think they fixed that like two or three yeah. entries ago i think i remember um yeah you can call on wild that. pokemon yeah. you, you can call on wild pokemon to do it for you so that's always good that's right. like a little pager um and also just one other thing here i just got to say um this was my first Pokemon game other than, like, uh, Pokemon Stadium, where you have, like, you know, red and blue and yellow, where you can play it on the TV uh, through the through the through that that weird accessory. Um, mm-hmm. So this is the first Pokemon game where I played it on the TV uh, because it's a Switch, mm-hmm. you know, the Nintendo Switch. You can dock it. And, uh, you know, I had it on my big, te- my big screen TV, and it's really weird playing Pokemon on the big screen because it's uh, the... the um, what is it called? What is what is that? What is that work? What's that thing you do? You, the HUD elements, the UI, and all that stuff. Like the mm-hmm. the the text, the, the 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 everything. The HUD is designed to be seen on a small screen, and so when you blow it up to a TV, these boxes and these texts are big as fuck, and they're like overly oh, yeah. overly proportioned. Uh, so that's the only yeah. thing that I. It's it's just weird seeing that on the TV, um, and uh, yeah, you know. I'm going to go ahead and say that I feel like that's almost a, a little bit of a, an issue with the Switch in general. Um, and it's not, I mean, it's not always, a, it's it's not typically a, a major thing or something that, that uh, I think most people really care about. But there are, you, you design, like UI is designed differently, typically depending on screen size and, you know, whether it's going to be, you know, touch screen or, you know, you're using a controller or whatever. Uh, the switch, obviously, the touchscreen of the switch is is barely really used for for most things, so that's not a big deal there. But yeah, you do like when you when you see a console game, when you when you have an expectation that the game is going to be on a big TV, you can have your UI elements kind of take like a smaller percentage of the screen because yeah. you know that people are still going to be able to see that. Versus when you're putting it, you know, if you're putting something on the 3DS, then your UI actually needs to take a significant percentage of the screen. So. Uh, it is a thing that when you're designing games for the Switch, you kind of have to find some kind of a middle ground where, you know, it's not going to look too bad on either side. Or you have your UI, 
you know, change modes or whatever, or have it be configured uh, on the settings or, but I think a lot of Nintendo games don't do that. They're just like, this is the game, you know, well, like, this is the game. It'll, so it'll just, the game, yeah. um, it does, it does, there's an options where you can change the text size and all that stuff. I'm pretty sure I didn't, mm. I just do it to default. Um, and then also like, um, it's, this is like, I've been playing the game mostly in handheld mode, by the way, especially with my new badass third-party Joy-Cons that I love so much. You know, it's so awesome. It's, it just feels so good in the hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's a, that's a the whole different review. But, um, you know, that being said, I just, uh, I, I kind of enjoyed the game. It's got a, it's got a lot of, you know, uh, what do you call it, streamlining. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Quality of life, all that stuff. Things are better, better right. than the original. Um, it's an enjoyable game. I'm yeah. having fun. I'm having a good time. I already have two badges. I'm on my way to the third badge. Underground. There's an underground like system thing going on, and it's kind of fun. It's actually a lot of fun elements and stuff going on. So I'm not. I'm having a good time, and uh, I'm actually kind of OP now with my with my traded Pokemon because traded Pokemon gain more XP, and therefore you get over leveled pretty quickly. So yeah. Um, also, I kind of hate the uh, experience share. It's uh, it's really weird that all your Pokemon in your entire team gain experience even when they don't fight. So you can't turn it off in this game. Yeah, they added that. I I played one of the ones that uh, that had that already. I think Let's Go had yeah, that Let's already. Go. And it's um, I I feel like it's it's this feature that it has its pros and cons. So I could see why people would have an issue with it. You'd expect it to be something that you could turn off. Um, because sometimes you know you it's actually a good thing like. It makes it easier so that you can level up that freaking metabod on your uh, on your yeah. squad or whatever, right? Like without you having, like if you have a shitty Pokemon that's hard to typically hard to level up, you can just kind of leave them there and they'll just slowly level up uh, as you fight with the other ones. But at the same time, if you want to grind, you know, one Pokemon in particular, it makes that a little bit harder. I guess you would have to, you know, maybe clear your squad and have only that Pokemon in your squad, and maybe it would get benefited that way. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I get it. I get where you're coming from with that criticism. But anyway, cool. I'm, I'm glad you're uh, enjoying this one. I, I'm probably going to end up uh, grabbing this, you know, maybe sometime over the next few weeks. I, I doubt there will be a good Black Friday deal for it, unfortunately, because it's a Nintendo game. I got, it at, I, got, I got it at Walmart. They were discounting at $10 like they normally do with every pretty much right, every game. Right, so right. 50 bucks, not too bad. I spent $100 because I still got um, Brilliant Diamond and the shrink wrap. So got to... Mm-hmm. Gotta get that one because I I like having everything. So, <laughs> as you can tell, all right, it's time to move on to the news, the rebranding topics of discussion. Sure. Uh, <laughs> all right. So apparently, the Golden Joystick Awards were a thing. So I didn't realize they're here. Are the winners. Let, let me start. <laughs> let me start by asking you something, Louis. Like what? Like, what is your, what do you know about the Golden Joystick Awards? Well, like, I does remember, anybody care? No, is, no. Is what I'm wondering. No, not yeah. at all. As a matter of fact, I remember covering it last year, and I was thinking, I remember being ambivalent just as before, just as I am now. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I think there, you know, there's there's a variety of different award shows, and, and I think this one is almost, like, known for usually being the first. It's like, usually this is the first one that that happens and that we hear about and then we we start going through all the all the next all the all the other ones uh but i also feel like it doesn't seem to really be doesn't seem like a lot of people really pay attention to it I, i've never watched i don't even know to be honest if they like what kind of ceremony they do or it's probably just like a youtube video or something um but either way what i was thinking was that it might be interesting to see this as a possible precursor um 
precursor to uh to the main you know to jeff Keighley's uh game awards right like so maybe it will give us an idea of some of the games that might be winning so the golden joystick awards are the golden globes basically because yes. the golden yes. globes used to be a precursor for the oscars so right 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 but That's a, you know possibly an app comparison there yeah so they have golden in the same and then the name on both of them so let's see here it says here that um uh, this comes from Games Radar. This is ready to find out who's uh, these year's Golden Joystick Awards winners are. You know, yeah, sure, why not? Uh, the show, which took place on Tuesday, November 23rd. Yeah, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. At least now I know it happened on the 23rd, so that literally happened yesterday. All right, the winners. Best Storytelling, Life is Strange, True Colors. Best Multiplayer Game, It Takes Two. I agree. Best Audio, Resident Evil Village. Best Visual Design, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. Uh, based on the marketing speak, I would, I would agree with that too. Uh, best game expansion, Ghost of Tsushima, Iki Island expansion. Okay, I did not know that was a thing. Mobile game of the year, League of Legends, Wild Rift. Best gaming hardware, PS5. Fuck yeah. All right. <laughs> best indie game, Death's Door. Studio of the year, Capcom. Hmm. Uh, best performer, Maggie Robertson as Lady Dimitrescu. And breakthrough award, Housemark. Uh, best Game Community, Final Fantasy XIV, Still Playing Award, uh, FF14, PC Game of the Year, Hitman 3. You know, yeah, sure, it's got to get some love. Uh, Nintendo Game of the Year, Metroid Dread, because why not? Xbox Game of the Year, Psychonauts 2, because, well, actually, you know, maybe Forza, I don't know. Uh, uh, PlayStation Game of the Year, Resident Evil Village. Oh, come on. It's not even an exclusive. Come on, come on. All right. Uh, most Wanted Game, Elden Ring, Critics' Choice Award, Deathloop, Ultimate Game of the Year, Resident Evil Village, Ultimate Hardware of All Time, PC. Nobody can compete with PC. All right. Ultimate Game of All Time, Dark Souls. Okay, so it's a little weird that they have these all-time awards, right? I've never really seen much of those in these kinds of things, but I don't think that matters. Uh, here, I want to I go through a few of my key takeaways here. So, uh, number one... Deathloop kind of snubbed, you know, I, I'm now, I now, I'm now hesitating with the fact that I was kind of predicting a sweep of Deathloop at the Game Awards, but in this show, they only got one award, and I, I'm not even but sure that was what the it critics. means. It was the Critics Awards, the Critics Choice. Right, um, so yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if uh, the other ones are voted by the public then, or, or whatever, um, but... Uh, the other thing is that Resident Evil Village is kind of the surprise winner here because not only did they win Game of the Year, they won a bunch of the other uh, categories as well, including Best Performer, uh, Best Audio, and also the PlayStation Game of the Year, right? Um, then the Final Fantasy XIV winning two awards here kind of validated my vote for that um, on uh, some stuff. Um, I, everything else, I think it's kind of in line, you know, we, we, I think we, we talked about It Takes Two, uh, we, Life is Strange, it doesn't seem like it's at the world by, by storm, but I think that got some votes from you because, you know, big, big IP, um, Ratchet and Clank got some stuff, um, so I'm surprised, like, mobile. Yeah. I'm surprised, like, a PlayStation Game of the Year wasn't, like, a Returnal or Ratchet and Clank or, you know, something that yeah. was, like, a PlayStation exclusive or, you know, like, the big thing. Because it almost kind of feels like you, that's you know what, the Lewis? right thing. I, uh, I think that PlayStation has not yet had, or the PS5 has not yet had an exclusive that is for PlayStation what things like Mario Kart or Smash Brothers or Zelda are for Nintendo. Meaning, um, I think the exclusives that they had are games that are being played by like 10% of the audience or less. Um, 
we you can probably tell that by sales right like so if there's 15 million ps5s out there you know i'm pretty sure you know ratchet and clank and and return all those games are probably selling you know somewhere between 500,000 copies to a few millions right and uh, i think resident evil village might just have been played by more people mm. um besides uh the people voting for this playstation game of the year award a lot of them might not even have a ps5 yet so they might even uh not have played you know returnal or or ratchet uh but they sure played re village on their ps4 right possibly so oh, death loop think... death loop death loop would be the ps5 game of the year what the fuck ah yeah anyway. yeah yeah that's right that's yeah, right i forgot about that uh so yeah uh, I think Deathloop was a little snubbed here. Kind of surprised by that. Yeah, Deathloop should have been the PlayStation game of the year. Uh, with all the nines and tens it was guiding, yeah, of course. Um, you know, it's actually uh, interesting is like, this could uh, almost go towards my strategy last year where I was all about like, let's uh, let's spread it uh, the love around and not do any sweeps because last year's, I remember last year's uh, Golden Joystick Awards, uh, The Last of Us 2 swept a lot of categories last year. And I was like, what the fuck? And mm-hmm. I got that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I just throwing that out there that maybe I was, uh, you know, I think, I think I went with the sweep this year uh, for strategy going. So I'm going against my own yeah. strategy last year. Yeah, this is very balanced. If you count how many games won something here, we got Life is Strange, It Takes Two, RE Village, Ratchet and Clank, League of Legends, Death's Door, um, uh, Returnal, because Housemark got an award, Final Fantasy XIV, Hitman 3, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Deathloop, and then I'm not going to count Elden Ring or Dark Souls because that's other something else. But yeah, 12, 12 2021 games were awarded here. So Yeah, yeah cool interesting um so moving on to the next big thing apparently there's a sony patent going on so it's here Lewis, uh i apologize but while you read the story and i do want you to read it i'm gonna step out for like a minute or two i just heard a noise around the house so i, can, I just want to go check it real quick uh because i'm right. supposed to be alone um if i if i uh don't come back in uh you know in uh why uh, <laughs> in in a, in a minute or two or whatever then maybe you should call 911 because i might have been killed but we'll see got it <laughs> hopefully not all right, so Sony's patent suggests official PS5 faceplates could be on the way. Of course, those bastards. Of course, that's going to happen. You know why? Conspiracy theory. Sony was suing all of these companies into oblivion because they want to make their profits all for themselves. The newly granted patent means Sony may be planning customization options. Uh, Sony has been granted a patent, a patent that allows it to make covers for the PlayStation 5. The patent spotted by Opatac, OP Attack, which has filed in November 2020. Interesting, that was the same time that the PS5 launched and was finally uh, granted on November 16th, 2021. It took a year for them to grant the patent. Uh, It's simply uh, titled Cover for Electronic Device, but it was provided diagram showing, uh, but it's provided diagram but it's provided diagrams show the PS5 uh, faceplates. Because the, the patent is described as an ornamental design for a cover for an electronic device, it isn't, immediate cl- it isn't immediately clear whether it refers to a replacement faceplates or simply a skin that can be applied or attached to the existing faceplates. It does, however, show Sony's potential plans to offer customization options for the PS5, news that may affect existing companies offering PS5 customization. Uh, The most immediate obvious company this may affect is Canadian peripheral firm D-Brand. 
I remember that, uh, which has been involved in a lengthy battle with Sony over its black face PS5 face plates dubbed its Dark Plates. D-brand $50 Dark Plates went on sale in February and within a few hours had sold out of stock until May. However, uh, in a statement posted last month, the company, de the company declared that Dark Plates were dead following a cease and desist letter from Sony Interactive Entertainment's lawyers threatening to sue if it continued to sell them. Those bastards. Uh, so, just days later, its self-assured statement on its website saying, Checkmate Lawyers, D. Brown have revealed that a new line of PS5 faceplates, which it calls Dark Plates 2.0, and claims it's safe from future lawsuits. Quote, you can't successfully sue someone over an alleged design infringement without a registered design patent, D. Brand said at the time. Sony did not have a registered patent, design patent for the PS5 side panels when, he, when we launched Dark Plates, um, or for many, many months following the release. We didn't think they'd ever get one. They did. Here we are. So, yeah, I think I'm going to stop it right there, unless there's more to the story. But, yeah, Dan, what do you think? Yeah, first, in case anybody was worried, I'm, I'm fine. It's just that the neighbor must have dropped something heavy or whatever, and I just wanted to make sure. Um, yeah, so I've been, I predicted from the time that we first saw the PS5, and, and I think... It was one of those videos, like, I think it was the video where the guy broke down the PS5 and all its pieces that it, it looked so easy to remove those side panels that um, I knew that Sony, in my head, it would be stupid for Sony to leave money on the table with the possibility of selling these customized uh, plates. And especially when a company started doing them, and then they had the whole situation where they went after it and they sued, uh, I immediately went to, okay, Sony wants to own this market. They want to be the only ones doing it. They don't want the comp competition. Uh, and so them pat them doing this patent now uh, just kind of makes sense that, you know, they're, they're going that direction. And I think we're going to see, however, I, I do want to bring up that the counter argument to all of this, to the possibility of them actually um, making this or not, is that Sony could possibly make even more money by not doing it and just having special edition consoles that then people end up buying multiple consoles for now you know given their uh production constraints then maybe you know this is a better way to achieve that effect right i think that there should be no special edition consoles this this generation from from, from sony xbox you kind of yeah. have to just because of the way, but I think with it being like faceplates and stuff like that, like special limited edition or whatever the fuck you want to call it, like God of War faceplates or whatever that can, that have a certain production run or whatever. I think that's cool. I think it's affordable and cheaper and like, it's uh, what is it? Consumer friendly, you know, not having to buy and shell out and buy a whole new console. And if you want yeah. a whole console that looks like that, you can buy a whole nother PS5 and then just swap out the face plates. And then you have two PS5s with two, two different designs. And then you can call it a special edition. If anything, controllers, special edition controllers would be better. Uh, you know? Those. Yeah, true. So yeah, I, uh, and I don't, I don't know. Oh, so go for it. The other thing too is the average consumer may not, you know, go out and uh, be able to willing or able to buy multiple PS5s, especially with it being that hard to buy them and, and you possibly having to shell out more than the $500 to, to get them uh, at yeah. this point and probably for, you know, some time to come. So, but the, that same average consumer, and once they get a PS5, they might be down to, you know, throw in 50 bucks or even more every once in a while to get, you know, special, to have like a, an uncharted, because you don't, you wouldn't stop at one, right? And we yeah. know that with uh, Joy-Con collars and, and the way that people buy those, even though those are pretty expensive. 
that uh you know you would get the face plates you know last of us three comes out or whatever like you can get the face plates for last of us people are go and buy that and then you know ration and clank rift apart 2 comes out and then people will go and buy those and then you know the next bloodborne comes out and people go and get those and you know they're they're switching it you know they have a you know they'll 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 decorate their their playstation and for each different holiday or whatever like you they might end up actually making a lot of more money in the in the long run that way yeah. yeah, you're right. Because I've never bought a special a special edition console. I've always had basic consoles. And also, just looking at my PS5 right now, it's just like it's such a canvas. It's like so much. <laughs> it's so much like you know. It's you know. Um, There's so much space for to, the art, right? Yeah. Like it, it almost looks like it was designed with that in mind. Yeah. yeah exactly so yeah you're right it wouldn't st- it, it only just starts with one and then you go from there like that's that's how they got me with amiibo you know what i mean so if it's if it's like <laughs> yep. 30 dollars for a faceplate or whatever like you know you're it's cheap and ineffective like it's not gonna hurt your wallet you know you're gonna want to mm. just like keep on dipping for more and the next thing you know your 200 dollars is down the drain on faceplates yeah so yeah 100 percent. all right so um next up here uh rockstar they apologized like we're sorry. Uh, Polygon reports that Rockstar apologizes for GTA def- uh, Definitive Edition issues and will bring back classic PC versions. And that's the very least that they can do. Uh, updates on the way for all versions of Grand Theft Auto: The Trilogy Definitive Edition. Uh, Rockstar Games has broken its silence over the messy launch of Grand Theft Auto: uh, The Remastered Games that, to many fans, weren't up to the level of quality expected. Rockstar said Friday that it plans to release updates for the game to address technical issues with the games, and that it will re-release the classic Windows PC versions of the trilogy that were removed alongside the Definitive Edition's releases. Uh, firstly, we want to uh, sincerely apologize to everyone who has encountered issues playing these games, Rockstar said in a statement on its website. The updated versions of the, these classic games did not launch in a state that meet our standard of quality. No shit. Or that the standards our fans have come to expect. Well, we have we have ongoing plans to address these technical issues and to improve each game uh, on going forward. With each planned update, these uh, games will reach the level of quality that they deserve to be. The first update... Uh, is due in the coming days and will address a number of issues, Rockstar said, but did not specify which. So yeah. Yeah. Dan, are you? Uh, you know, Louis. Is this uh, is this good for you? Is this lip service or is this uh, or is this better? I uh, you know, I uh, I haven't played any of these games uh, these games yet, so I I haven't been like super in the loop with what's going on. But I, I thought we should uh, we should touch on this topic because we we did cover this game as it got announced and it, like rumored and then announced and. Uh, and when it came out, and then we didn't really talk about it at all in the show after after it came out. But uh, th- these remasters were not received well at all. They, there was a lot of technical issues with them. I saw um, the IGN I saw review. One, uh, yeah, IGN I think gave them like a like a five or something. Um, I saw a a video on Twitter that somebody shared where they were walking next to uh, this this stretched out like wall, and as they walked around and they were moving their character. Um, you could see like like textures of characters' faces on the wall, but like stre- like this like stretched out face like would like occasionally kind of show up like on the wall in this, this very weird way. And uh, one of my friends sent me that, and he was like, "Hey, how, wh- why would that happen? Do you know how that would happen?" <laughs> um, and uh, you know, I even had a, a technical explanation for what I thought could be going wrong there. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of weird shit. I heard about. Uh, I was listening to Game Scoop IGN podcast and. They talked about how there was a there was a bug of uh, 
I think if you were, uh, you know, like maybe what was it again? I think it was like if you were driving a car and then like wiggling it around in a certain way, the car just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger until like if you were doing it for like, you know, a minute or something, the car would be bigger than the like the fucking road. And uh, there's all sorts of like really weird shit happening. Uh, some of the explanations have been that apparently they used a lot of AI to uh to remaster these games they they put a lot of uh you know assets and things through um ai algorithms that were upscaling things or updating things and um that alongside other things have led to a lot of issues uh i can't remember who was the actual developer for the ports i don't think it was internal to rockstar but regardless the buck stops with them right um so yeah this Seems like it's pretty bad. Um, I hope they can address the issues. These are some of the most beloved games of all time, and they deserve to be treated better, especially since they took away the originals from the store, right? Yeah, I just kind of interesting like like that. Um, whenever it comes to like these uh, definitive editions or remasters or remakes, or whatever, it's always been a situation where like the companies are giving like their revering their own product and they are you know paying respect or you know really you know showing love and you know for their for their classics and this is one of those situations where it almost kind of feels like they are they don't they're like disrespecting their own legacy and just like hmm. spitting in the face of the ps2 generation in a, in a, in a certain sense um and it's kind of it's kind of interesting that they were they would use like game development by algorithm you know because you know that no Man's Sky has proven that that works, right? At least when it first launched. Right, right, right. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to speak too deeply in the technicalities of, you know, how the port was done because I just don't know. It sounds weird, you know, but maybe there's a reason why certain things were done a certain way or whatever. But at the end of the day, there was no, you know, there was no rush to release this game. There's no, I can't, I can't understand a, you know, a time pressure, uh, in any kind of, you know, fan uh like there i don't think there would be any fan outrage if this game had been announced to come out next year as opposed to this year or whatever so if they i don't understand why they didn't just take the time to uh you know put out more polished uh remasters um maybe they want to did rockstar wanted to get it did rockstar need like a q4 like financials or something like that or yeah stuff? that's that's Stocks. almost what it that's almost what it kind of feels like right like they're they're trying to to um because I think Take Two stock has not been doing so well for a bit now, so maybe they just needed a, a bump there or something. And um, not sure if this helped, you know, the way that uh, the way that it <laughs> actually anything, turned kinda, out. But it's kind of gone against yeah. it, if anything. Uh, yeah. But yeah, all right. So next up, we have to uh, talk about the saga, the ongoing saga that is uh, the Activision Bobby Kotick situation. Uh, Polygon reports that. More than 1,000 Activision Blizzard workers signed petition to drop CEO Bobby Kotick. We understand that uh, we under we the undersigned no longer have confidence in the leadership of Bobby Kotick as the CEO of Activision Blizzard. And then there's a picture of a whole squad saying with a sign that says Bobby Kotick must go. Um, after walking out of work on Tuesday. Activision Blizzard workers are rallying together to call for uh, CEO Bobby Kotick's re resignation. More than 1,000 employees across all studios and departments have now signed the, signed the petition. The number of signees continues to grow as the petition circulates. And uh, the petition continues. The information that has come to light about his behavior and practices in the running of our companies uh, runs counter to the culture and integrity we require of our leadership and directly conflicts with the initiatives 
started uh, by our peers. We ask that Bobby Kotick remove himself as CEO of Activision Blizzard and that shareholders be allowed to select the new CEO without the input of, of Bobby, who we are aware owns a substantial portion of the voting rights of the shareholders. Fuck. Uh, the push for Codex removal comes after the news report of the Wall Street Journal, and which we talked about all last week and stuff like that. Uh, there was uh, he was aware he had existing knowledge about employee misconduct, sexual harassment, as well as news of pay inequity between Blizzard co-leaders Jen O'Neill and Mike Ibarra. So yeah, there is a lot to talk about here. Uh, Dan, do you think that uh, the mounting pressure is gonna? force this resignation because i know we sort of i know last week you were saying yes and this week i was last week i was sort of like being very bahumbug like i don't believe i don't i don't believe in the in the power of good anymore you know so yeah right what do you think i i, I totally understand your skeptic skepticism and i'm not you know fully convinced uh either way or another but i think the you know the I, I just I just I think we keep seeing the the dominoes falling one after the other that would lead to his uh, resignation or you know being asked uh, to resign by uh, by the board of directors. I know that at this point he has the board in his hand, but that situation can change uh, and I think it will. Uh, so I think I do think we're walking towards that direction. Uh, we're gonna have to see a little bit more before that happens, I think like uh, a thousand. Uh, so I, I I was thinking like what is a thousand Activision Blizzard workers in the grand scheme of Activision? I was like that's probably a lot. Even though Activision Blizzard has a lot of employees, that's probably a lot. I I just looked it up. Um, the the first number I could find for an employee count for them was uh nine thousand five hundred. Uh, so that would put this at a little over ten percent. Uh, and this is the beginning of it, right? They they're still going. So let's say they hit two thousand, and then that's over twenty percent. Um, and then it makes you wonder, like you know, like if uh, if if over twenty percent of the company uh, does not uh, want the CEO, and it's not it's not even that they don't want it, but they're going on the record that they don't want it because there's a lot of people in these situations that prefer to kind of keep it to themselves and stay out of trouble. Yeah. Um. You know that I think that that says something. Um. And then you know the the other follow up to the stories that you're gonna hit on also include like you know all the all the major leads and heads of companies across the games industry are saying. You know we're we're not cool with this, and uh, we don't want to. You know we don't support this stuff, and and uh, we don't want to be associated with this anymore. And obviously, there's a big difference between saying that and actually taking action. Um, but all it takes is a few of these big guys to take some form of action, and the pressure is gonna be on. You know if uh if it if it there there's two ways that this can go, right? Is that it could it could be a lot of lip service and nothing happens, um, or you know, some of these people, be it, you know, Phil Spencer, whoever, like, actually starts, you know, taking some action and pulling out of some deals or whatever, and and then the pressure will be on, on Kodak to uh, to get out, you can know. Can you it's... imagine, can you imagine if neither PlayStation nor Xbox wants to brand next year's Call of Duty? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, they are like the, the, the advertising deal. So yeah, I think I think that's the situation where he gets pushed out um, because the the money, you know, that's the thing. It's like the board is on his side as long as that as long as that's the winning side. In quote, right? Like the yeah. these these investors they side with the money and they'll side with the winning side. You know, the moment that things start turning against them, they'll you know they'll just they'll just ditch him. <laughs> you know, yeah. at the end of the day, 
at the end of the day, he might still be well off after it. We talked about this last week yeah. too. The golden, uh, you know, the golden parachute, like the fifty million dollar severance package. You know, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, even if he does get ousted, he's not going to be like falling on his ass. You know, that's the thing yeah. that's gonna that really bothers me. He's like, it's not going to be and, tr- a true victory. And, and you know what? He he may walk out with millions of dollars and take a break for you know a year, a few years, and then might even show up as a CEO of uh, some other company. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, outside you, the games industry or or whatever. Yeah, like he, he'll. Uh, I mean, we. I could even see him showing up as like CEO of Zynga or whatever the yeah. fuck. Like, you know, in a few years or something like that. You know. A Don Matrick route. Yeah, which <laughs> by the way, we also should uh, clarify that you know, since we just threw his name in the in the in the sentence here, obviously Don Matrick um, got in trouble for very different things than this, right? That was more yeah. of a. It, it was more that one was more about incompetence than yeah, you know ill yeah. will I yeah guess. i know um i know but I know. either either way you know either way there are people that you know that sometimes this kind of shit happens to uh to people and then they're just kind of out of the limelight for it for a few years and um before you know they're they're just running a company that's not as known you know i i just wanted to say real quick though by regarding their petition i would be hella surprised if the petitioners get their wish granted about not only is he removed but that the shareholders pick the next CEO without his input. That would be like normally mm. you you CEOs sort of groom and handpick their successor, like Steve Jobs was for uh, what's his name, um, uh, Tim Cook. So yeah, uh, so just throwing that out there. So anyways, that being said, there are more uh, little elements to the story that uh, uh, Dan was alluding to when it comes to this Activision Blizzard story. We talked about last week how like Phil Spencer commented, uh, PlayStation commented, but we didn't pull up their story. I just pulled up uh, Phil Spencer's comments. Um, Nintendo, you know, Nintendo doesn't really get in other people's business like that. So they issued an internal response to Activision Blizzard reports. I think it was like a, an internal email that was sent to like the leadership within Nintendo and it mm-hmm. just became made public somehow. Um, somebody Which, by the way, I, I bet that there's a lot um, more of that than we think or that we see. Uh, and it might even not be that unusual for Doug Bowser and his team to send those kinds of internal emails. I feel like the maybe the more unique thing here is that it came out. You know what I mean? That it's yeah that uh, that it was leaked. made public or leaked or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Nintendo. Uh, this comes from Fanbyte, and it says Nintendo of America's president Doug Bowser says he finds the reports distressing and disturbing. So. Um, there's an update here. Nintendo PR sent the following in response in our request for comment and clarification on what actions we were uh, they were taking. Quote, we can confirm that the content of Doug Bowser's internal email to the Nintendo of America staff is accurate. We have nothing further to share on this topic. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But they but they confirmed, right? Yeah. Like, so uh, it, it's like, you know, they, they had the internal email, con, uh, you know, condemning it and then it leaked. And then now they're yeah. saying, yep, by the way, that's that's real. That wasn't uh, made up. Um, so that that is that might as well be the equivalent of going on record standing by it. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, what's kind of fucked up is so. like, uh, I'm I don't I'm pretty sure like the this pisses off Nintendo, like to have an internal email, you know, made, made public or whatever, because I'm sure that that's a thing. But anyways um let's let's go ahead and skip to the juicy juicy parts uh an email sent by nintendo of america's uh, president doug bowser sent on friday november 19th addresses the activision blizzard report the email went out to all levels of nintendo of america including internal development houses like retro studios and the newly acquired next level games 
quote, along with all of you, I have been following the latest developments with Activision Blizzard and the ongoing reports of sexual harassment and toxicity at the company. Uh, Bowser begins, I find these accounts distressing and disturbing. They run counter to my values as well as Nintendo's beliefs, values, and policies. Bowser goes on uh, in the letter to explain that Nintendo is committing, committed to having an open and inclusive workspace where all are welcome. He remarks that the company holds itself uh, to this standard and expects the same from the industry and their partners throughout, uh, through with, though without detail, Bowser also says representatives at Nintendo have been in contact with Activision, have taken action and are assessing others. It's not uh, entirely clear whether ac actions Bowser is referring to here or which ones they are still leaving on the table. He does, however, make mention that the ESA, a lobby organization, a lobbying organization with both which both Nintendo and Activision Blizzard are members. Bowser says Nintendo has been working with the ESA as of last week's um, uh, to strengthen the uh, stances on harassment and abuse in the workplace and that the ESA must hold its members to the highest standards. Quote, every company in the industry must create an environment where everyone is respected and treated as equals and where all uh, understand the consequences of not doing so. That's some, that's some fighting words. Thank you, Nintendo. Dan, over to you. I, you know, I honestly feel like I already kind of expressed most of what I think in regards to this. I think I think it's cool that we're getting to see all of these, uh, you know, heads of not only, you know, it's one thing to see, you know, studio heads, third third party, you know, studio people talking about it, but, you know, first party taking a stance and, and all three first parties, I believe, uh, right by, by this point have taken a stance against this. And it's interesting to see some pressure being put into the, the ESA in a way and uh, kind of suggesting that the ESA should get a little bit more involved with uh, regulating these these issues. Um, I know that there's there's a lot of people that seem to look down on the on the ESA as as not really having uh, as much power as they once did. You know, um, they don't have don't balls. Really, <laughs> yeah, I don't. That's you know that's a good uh, that's a good thing you throw out there. You know, I don't know if they do have the 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 balls to to go in and and get involved in these kind of situations, stand up to Activision. Uh, probably not really. Um, but yeah, either way, like it's like a a, a, dog, a, a a all bark and no bite. Uh, it's yeah. like a certain like regulation, regula uh, like in law where there's like a, a regulatory committee that like would govern these things. They have the power to make judgments on stuff, but they have no power to enforce any of their decisions. Right, like, right, right, yeah. right. Um, um, and the truth is, like they yes say, the, the more the further we go into this digital age. Um, where each company can just kind of run their own shows for stuff and run their own marketing and all these things, and we don't really need E3 as much anymore. Um, the the least power that the ESA has, because what are they going to do? Are they going to you know get to Activision and and say you know you you uh you act according to our standards, or you know we're not going to feature you or your games at E3 anymore? And they're going to be like they're probably just going to you know shrug and be like we don't care. You know it's they can do their own. Thing. yeah um surprisingly you know activision never even really had e3 conferences i think but you know if they, they if they can't partnered. be featured at all then yeah. they'll just do their own stuff and they and the esa is probably going to be the one that ends up losing in that in that matter so i don't i don't really think the esa aspect i don't really think they're going to do anything or or uh, that they really could uh do much here but it's still cool to see you know the big three um standing up uh, for this, and and uh, we shall see whether that's enough to, uh, uh, you know, alongside you know the the employee signatures and everything else to actually lead to some kind of change within Activision Blizzard. 
Yeah. And this last report comes from the Wall Street Journal. It says that uh, Activision Blizzard's uh, CEO, Bobby Kotick, has told senior managers that he would consider leaving the company if he can't quickly fix the culture problems at the video game giant, according to people familiar with his comments. So that's just... That's just lip service. No CEO would ever say, oh, yeah, I would consider leaving. No, they wouldn't. They would, uh, yeah. they're only just saying that just to, you know, say, you know, what's it called? What's the word? They say a bunch of sweet nothings. You know what I mean? It's like, it's okay. I got, mm-hmm. there's nothing to see here. I'm, I, you know, I'm going to fix this problem. It's like, okay. And, you know, they're going to talk about, oh, yeah, I've introduced these new programs. We've got these new seminars and we're evaluating. No, cap. I, I, I do want to bring something up, right? Um, Money talks, right? Bullshit walks. And, and in February of this year, uh, so about nine months ago, Activision Blizzard stock was at $103 per share, uh, and it was a five-year high. Now it's at $61 per share. So it has since gone down from like, you know, 100 to 60 by like 40%. Uh, and a lot of that dropped happened over the last month so just uh you know uh, uh, um twenty dollars were dropped over the last month basically probably influenced by by a lot of this uh controversy so shareholders are probably pissed you know and i i think that if they don't see a major turnaround um immediately i think that um they're probably gonna turn start turning against Kodak. march 2022 by the end of March thirty first, twenty twenty two, we'll know if if Bobby Kotick leaves. Uh, oh, is that? Are you looking at I, the fiscal the fiscal year? Mm, yeah, I'm thinking the fiscal year. I think if he turns yeah. in a bad fiscal report, he's gonna he's gonna be um, uh, put on the cross, basically. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I agree. So, anyways, uh, last bit of uh, of news here is a bit of a check this out. So I'm hella jelly right now. Like you know me, <laughs> I'm a jealous bitch. Uh, Xbox is sending out 20th anniversary gift packages to random fans. Halo Elite, ah, Halo Elite controllers and engraved crystals have been arriving at players' homes. And apparently, these are gifts that are being sent to random people who have uh, previously registered uh, at uh, previous uh, Xbox fan fests. So that's how mm-hmm. they got your information. So it makes sense, you know, your diehard fans. Um, so I wish I get to be a part of this lottery pool, but I have never went to an Xbox fan fest. So therefore I am not worthy. So Dan, what do you see? What do you think of this? I just think it look it looks really cool. That's a cool initiative. I, you know, I, I love when companies do things to, uh, to celebrate their fans and, and give their fans, uh, you know, gifts or just unexpected things, uh, like this, you know, some, sometimes they're like digital things. And I already think that's uh, pretty cool. I think it's really cool when companies do things to celebrate their fans and give them unexpected gifts like this. A lot of times we see stuff be done digitally, you know, like a company will send uh, people a free download or a right to get into a queue to uh, to get something before other people or whatever. Uh, but this is above and beyond um, anything I've seen uh, before. And I think that's really cool. Uh, I'm also a little jealous. It, you know, it sucks that you know, not everybody is in this pool. I, I almost wish that, you know, we could have uh, signed up for it in some way or something. But at the same time, it makes sense that they're going to the, the most diehard fans. It, it, it makes sense that, you know, they wanted this to be a surprise. They didn't want it uh, this to be something that, you know, people uh, had the expectation set for already. And I also think it's just a, it's just another thing that gives Xbox, you know, good headlines, good stories. Uh, they haven't been in the news as much, I think, uh, you know, over the last 
few weeks so so it's just a, another opportunity for them to show up again have people be excited and and talking about xbox uh again i mean they have been in the news with uh with halo and and forza um but but this is more the the kind of story of uh you know the pro consumer xbox or whatever that we that we hadn't seen in a while so that's cool yeah the elite controller one year of xbox game pass ultimate the little crystal thingy you know i honestly wish playstation did something like this like yeah like bar none like the only thing you know what i get from playstation every year a fucking wallpaper for my ps4 like with like the christmas <laughs> decorations you know what i mean like a theme a fucking christmas theme yep, for my yep, playstation yep. 4 which i don't even think they're doing themes on the ps5 so i'm kind of fucked this year so yeah um yeah that, that's just i'm just jealous anyways let's go ahead and move on to the extra news so there are 10 items on the list uh, so let's see here. Pulling it up, pulling it up. All right. Number one, uh, Fortnite and Unreal Engine developer Epic Games have acquired Harmonix, the studio behind Rock Band uh, and Dance Central series. Number two, Street Fighter veterans Ryu and Chun-Li are coming to Ubisoft's free-to-play platform fighter Brawlhalla. Not just Ryu and Chun-Li, but also Akuma as well. Oh, And uh, cool. also, just before I say anything else, I just got to say... Capcom, they really love to whore out Street Fighter and Ryu and Chun-Li. <laughs> I mean, damn, they have been whored out everywhere, like from like um, Smash Bros to uh, Fortnite. And yeah, just yeah, just throwing that out there. Fucking Monster Hunter, uh, Street Fighter, not Street Fighter, Resident Evil. So just throwing that out there. Um, number three, Kojima Productions is headed west and uh, with plans to open a new studio in California, this new studio will focus on some of the creator, uh, some of creator Hideo Kojima's other favorite mediums, namely TV, film, and music. Makes sense. Number four, Joseph Staten, head of head of creative at Halo Developer Three Four Three Industries, said that the recent extension of a season, excuse me, a recent extension of season one of Halo Infinite from March 2022 to May 2022 will delay the release of the campaign co-op. And the game's Forge level editor. Motherfucker. All right. Number five. Fortnite Chapter 2 is coming to an end a little over two years after it started. The chapter finale will come in a huge event called The End, which is set to begin an in-game on December 4th. Gotta, I'm going to put a pin on that one here. I want to address that one. Number six. X Xbox has added a new dynamic theme designed to celebrate the Xbox 360. Number seven, Marvel's Avengers upcoming Spider-Man content won't include story missions as some have previously expected. It has been revealed. Those bastards. Uh, number eight, Call of Duty's new Warzone Pacific map, uh, Caldera, has been delayed and will now release on December 8th, the same day that the rival shooter, Halo Infinite, is officially launching. <laughs> Number nine, Platinum Games director Hideo Kamiya has publicly apologized to Microsoft for the cancellation of Scalebound. Man, what the fuck? Number 10, a former Sony PlayStation employee filed a lawsuit against the company alleging that the gender discrimination and wrongful termination after speaking up about it. Oh, they got themselves an Activision situation going on over there. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Dan, this is actually the best lot of extra news I've seen in a while. I actually kind of want to comment on a bunch. What do you want to talk about? Cool. Um, so our, number one, uh, Epic buying Harmonix. It's it's kind of interesting. It apparently they're actually going to be working on Fortnite. Which take that with a. They they said they're going to still have you know other ongoing projects that they have going on, but they're also going to be helping out uh, with bringing in musical experiences or whatever to concerts. Fortnite. I think. Yeah. I think that probably means something along the lines of more concerts and events, maybe with more 
interactive elements in the future. Um, it is an interesting choice for uh, for Fortnite. I think that there's two different ways to react to the story. You know, if you're a Fortnite fan, you may be excited about what Harmonix can bring to the table and what this partnership can mean for the future of the game and the future of maybe other games uh, published by Epic in the future. Uh, but if you're a fan of, you know, Harmonix's older franchises and stuff and you were excited to see what they were going to do next, that could also be disappointing because it could be a shift of focus of what they're what they're doing um but you know i think uh, i think it makes sense in a lot of ways uh number three i think it would have been cool for kojima productions to open a game studio over here um but they're just going to be doing more of uh you know hollywood type stuff and other things that kojima wants to do um very excited to to hear what uh what that really means um for fortnite number five uh the fortnite chapter two ending you know it's interesting louis i I know you look at it a little differently, but um, the way I've looked at uh, at uh, this this chapter of Fortnite is that it seems to me that they they peaked in the middle and then they went down, and that they're actually going to end it in kind of a um, I don't even want to call it a sour, sour note, but more of a uh, like an indifferent uh, note because um, I don't really I feel like I have not perceived the excitement for Fortnite anymore in months. Like I feel like it's just gone like i don't hear anything about it and i feel like i wonder you know they're gonna have to really pull something cool off for this finale for people to actually care like they did for the finale of chapter one because um i don't know i i i just get the impression that you know fortnite is uh is on the down the down slope now but maybe chapter three um, can reinvigorate it yeah you know i i would, I would hope for that I, ho- I hope that is the case you know, that's actually what I wanted to talk about. Because, like, number one, I didn't even know it's been two years. I looked at it. Apparently, yeah. Chapter 2 started in October of 2019, from what I was able to see in this article. So that's crazy to think that we've been in, you know, Chapter 2 this long. It doesn't even feel like it doesn't even feel like it's been two years. Uh, you know, I've been, you know, playing all of Chapter 2. And uh, I remember with uh, Chapter 1, you know, the finale, Season 10. You know, here's the thing. I was actually expecting 10 seasons as well, because we did Season X, which was Season 10. Uh, and that ended chapter mm-hmm. one. And I was expecting, we're in chapter eight or season eight right now. I was expecting it to go to chapter two, season 10, uh, before going on to chapter three. But I'm guessing that the people behind uh, Fortnite and Epic and all that stuff, they must have have a whole lot of like gameplay tweaks and changes and mechanics that it's basically a whole nother thing. Because here's, here's the thing. The whole situation with chapter one ending and the, the servers went down for about about two, three days before coming back up. And the reason why is they made it a whole story. They made it a story element, like a plot element, where like it was yeah. a black hole that sucked up the whole universe and the whole universe collided into a singularity. And the thing is, it was basically because they needed all that time for the server maintenance to go to go down for them to rebuild the game and make it, uh, you know, a revamped product. Because between chapter one and, and chapter two, there was a whole lot of gameplay changes, you know, that that weren't even possible in in uh, in chapter one. So, for instance, if you fall off the edge of the map, you go swimming in chapter two. But at the end of in chapter one, that was a death sentence. If you fall off, you die. You, you touch the water, you can't swim. You die. So it's like it's like those kinds of stuff that they do that to and I wonder what kind of uh, I'm actually kind of uh, wondering what they would have up to the sleeve because if you're calling it chapter three, it's gotta it's gotta warrant it. You know what I mean? So yeah, but yeah, 
I have and, a you know I have a little bit of uh, speculation on this, Louis. That it's just kind of based on you know anecdotal evidence of the things that I've perceived that I was even referencing uh, earlier. Is that I wonder if they're just kind of seeing a situation where you know their player count is going down and it's dwindling, and they're seeing all these competitors come out like um, competitors that are not necessarily in the same exact genre of game, but that are also you know games as a service that are attracting people's attention, like Halo Infinite and uh you know all, all these other you know fall games that are coming out and stuff. And that maybe they got to a point where it's like, dang, we we gotta do something, you know what I mean? Like we gotta we gotta shake the we gotta shake this up, we gotta grab people's attention again. And then maybe that's why they're actually ending this, you know, starting chapter three earlier than perhaps originally planned. Maybe they did originally plan it's to a have marketing, ten seasons. A marketing yeah. blitz. Ah, those bastards. Yeah. I, I don't I wouldn't put it past them. Uh, mm-hmm. But also, like, these seasons have been longer, though. Uh, with Chapter 1, they've mm-hmm. been very yeah. timely. There have never been any delayed or extended seasons and stuff like that. So there's that as well. Um, and also, just number 7, people have been uh, talking real mad shit about Spider-Man. Uh, and his, his in-game character model is being being roasted. Uh, his, uh, his, his web-slinging sucks ass. His, uh, his specials are lazy. Uh, so yeah, it just uh, sucks that uh, PlayStation people that pre-ordered the game uh, because of the Spider-Man is not what it's cracked up to be. Also, uh, they said in a previous, like when the deal, with the, the, the pre-order thing and all that razzmatazz was announced, I think they had announced that Spider-Man would have his own story campaign, just like Black Panther did, just like Hawkeye did, and all those other characters that they, you know, they have their own story missions that come with them. Spider-Man is the exception because fuck you. You know, I'm actually curious about, I I wonder if that was, because I think the most obvious explanation is they were not able to do it, right? Like they ran out of resources, whatever, or it was not coming along nicely. They cut it, something along those lines. That would be the typical explanation. But because it is Sony and it is this particular deal with Sony, with Spider-Man, and they also have the Insomniac Spider-Man games, I wonder if it's more, I wonder if there's a possibility that Sony could have requested or even ordered that they don't do that uh, so that it does not compete in any way with the Sony uh, Spider-Man games. Meaning, I wonder if Sony would go, you guys can have Spider-Man, but you can't make it like a single-player campaign story or whatever, because we do that. You guys can have him, you know, as just the character that you can fight on, you know. Um, I I wonder if Sony would would perhaps want to do that. No, I think it's got to be more of a... How do I put this? It's got to be uh, on Crystal Dynamics' part, uh, because, like... If you think about it, like, and this is just pure speculation, but like, this is only going to a certain audience, a PlayStation audience. It's not going right, to right. PC. It's not going to Xbox. So not your your entire player base is not going to be able to benefit from making story missions for one platform. So Good. that's fair. Why not? Why not just you know uh, make the lowest common denominator product possible? And you yeah, know. and they could even they could even be seeing stats that you know maybe their player base is only like maybe like twenty percent of them is on PlayStation or something. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, oh, to- I totally get that. Especially yeah. with it being on Game Pass, I could imagine that the Xbox player base is probably bigger. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. So oh, and one last thing here before we move on. Uh, why would uh why would had um. Hideki Kamiya need to apologize to Microsoft because here's the thing. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna. I was under my. I was under the impression and my belief that Microsoft canceled Scalebound on Sony and told them "fuck you," you know, not the other way around. So wait, why wait. would they? Sony. Sony is not part of this. I'm oh, sorry. Why did Microsoft? Microsoft. Uh, I was. Uh, it was my under. It was my belief that Microsoft canceled Scalebound on Platinum. 
There we go. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure that yeah. that was cleared out. Um, they did. Uh, I skimmed through the article, but the thing that we need to know is that whenever a publisher cancels a, a game, a developer's game, a lot of fans that were excited for that game, they go and they get pissed off at the publisher. But usually the publisher does it for a reason. That's not always the case, but oftentimes the publisher does it for for a reason such as the game sucked ass, right? And they were yeah. like, we can't release this shit. So um, Hideki Kamiya basically came out and uh, talked about how, um, you know, the game was not shaping up well and that, you know, the studio was learning to use Unreal for the first time and they couldn't really pull off the things that they were trying to do and, and it wasn't coming together and that he apologized to Microsoft that the game was so bad, basically, that it wasn't coming together. So uh, even though Microsoft canceled the game, like, so like Microsoft canceled his game, but he almost like feels guilty that the game was so bad that they had to do that. So damn, that's where he's coming from. Yeah. So I think this, if anything, should validate that people should not be mad at Microsoft for canceling the game. It seems like the game was just doomed. That if it had come out, it would probably just been a bad game. So or it would have damaged Microsoft's and Xbox's brand more than her. Yeah, true, true, true. Yeah. So like taking the public bad will probably was better. Damn, that's fucked up. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways. But yeah, that is uh that is it for the for the news and stuff like that. So Dan, I got you on a pretty good time. Uh, yeah. So you can uh, you can take us home and get us here on within time. So I give the show over to you. What are you buying? All right. So we got very few new releases coming up here over the next week. In fact, a bunch of them are games that are already out that uh, are just getting released in new platforms. So we're not going to read a blurb for them, even though you might be interested. Uh, Odd World So Storm which was already available on PlayStation, I believe, is coming out on the Xbox Series and Xbox One on November 29th. Uh, Beyond a Steel Sky is coming out on PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. I believe this was a game that was already available on PC. And then Evil Genius 2 World Domination, which is even nominated for a Game Award, uh, is coming out on PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, and 360. Wait, probably not 360. I think that's a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> um, on November 30th, it was previously out on PC. I'm, I'm guessing they meant to up. put. I'm guessing this website says 360 on here, but I'm guessing they meant to put Xbox One because yeah, it's, that, that must it's have... PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One. But the website yeah. has it listed as 360. But the actual new game that is coming out this week, the the only one, is called Solar Ash. It is a PlayStation console exclusive. It is also coming to PC. It's coming out on December 2nd, and I remember seeing this game at some of the events that we covered, Lewis. Uh, so I thought it was worth a shout. It also looks kind of kind of cool. Uh, Solar Ash is the second game from Heart Machine, the studio led by director Alex Preston and the creators of the award-winning 2016 game Hyper, Lifed, uh, Hyper Light Drifter. Players will find a surreal, vivid, and highly stylized world filled with wild high-speed traversal, endearing characters, and massive enemy encounters. The Void is calling. And a Perna Interactive, man. They never fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, there, there, there we go again. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Hyperlight Drifter. Uh, I know some people that are really into that game. So, if you're into that, you know, there's a new one coming out. Um, that's probably the pick of the week, other than yeah. Odd World, or, or you know, coming out on Xbox. Uh, but yeah, that's you know, slim, slim week as far as uh, releases go. Now you know how it feels like. <laughs> All right, I got you. Got a selection of good things on sale, stranger. So this is the Broke Gamers Guide where we go through, you know, deals and all sorts of stuff. Uh, we always cover the free games on the Epic Game Store, but because it's Wednesday, the games have not updated yet. Uh, supposedly the next 
uh, week of games will include uh, something called The Hunter Call of the Wild, uh, available for free until December 2nd. And then something also called Antstream Epic Welcome Pack, which I'm not sure what this is, so I'm going to read it here. Grab 1,090 gems for free to use in-game. This in-game currency can be spent on playing games, challenges, and limited time tournaments. Gems can also be used to unlock harder challenges and play turn-based PvP against friends and other players. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a pack of in-game currency for this thing called Antstream, which, which seems to feature uh, retro games. I, you know, I, I never heard of it, but, you know. So, it looks like it's retro games. It says 1,000 retro games on the... Uh on the cover art yeah. and look to the left i see sub-zero from mortal kombat to the right we got pac-man so it looks like these are just oh i gotta see earthworm jim so i'm seeing like these are just retro games that you can play uh through Antstream arcade and what they're doing is they're giving you gems that you can use to play the game like kind of like a virtual token like you know when you go to like an arcade and you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta put a quarter in to play it so in order to play these games you have to pay to play but Epic is hooking you up with 1,090 gems that, you know, cost money. So, cool. Interesting. Uh, and then the actual game here, The Hunter Call of the Wild, experience an atmospheric hunting game like no other in this realistic and visually breathtaking open world. Immerse yourself in the atmospheric single-player campaign or share the ultimate hunting experience with friends. So this looks like it's one of those simulator, highly realistic uh, games, and this one is about hunting. And uh, very graphically impressive, as a lot of those uh, tend to be. Cabela's wish that they could have this, <laughs> or Buck, or whatever you call it. Uh, there used to be, like, a, a game that you would have on the Wii, where, like, they would be at Cabela's uh, to, like, play and shoot and Yeah, I, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what it was called, but I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, so, yeah, this is basically that next-gen version of that. It looks good, though. I'm looking at the foliage, and it looks pretty dope. There, there's also I just pulled up. There's a Black Friday sale here at the Epic Store. I didn't put the link for this on the doc. I just, I just clicked it through, uh, through the Epic Store page. All right, uh, but I got it doesn't it. look like there's, it doesn't look like there's a lot of major deals that you know knock out of the park. I'll say like maybe like Hitman Three for uh, twenty four dollars. That seems like a good one. Um, you know, Back for Blood is is forty one instead of sixty, but you can play that for free with, uh, with Game Pass. The Crisis Trilogy is forty bucks. Man, these um, uh these discounts are like five dollars off. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, they're not uh, they're not that exciting. So hopefully we'll see some better uh Black Friday discounts later in the in the broke game broke gamers guide here. Okay. Um, all right. So the next link that I have here is from IGN, and we got all the best Black Friday video game deals. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in here. You know, they're trying to put together a bunch of the the Black Friday deals that are available across the internet so some of the standouts uh call of duty vanguard is 40 bucks on walmart the game just came out um and uh it typically retails for 70 dollars. it looks like maybe on uh, ps5 specifically um then we got you know the oculus quest 2 uh 300 bucks i think that's like the typical price but you get a, a 50 dollars gift card with it or it's not the typical price but it's often discounted at that uh death loop for 25 dollars. i think that's a huge deal um that's you the know, lowest that, yeah, that's that's a standout one there. Guardians of the Galaxy for thirty bucks as well. Um, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart fifty bucks. That's okay. Um, not very good. Um, a lot of those are on Amazon, by the way. Ring Fit yeah. Adventure, uh, fifty four dollars on Amazon. I think that's actually a pretty good deal because the game usually retails for eighty bucks. Yeah, um, and it's not. It's even lower than what Nintendo's uh, offering it. Nintendo's official price is sixty. So 
Yeah, they're 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 slashing them down even more. I'm scrolling through here. It looks like Far Cry Six is thirty five dollars on Amazon. Um, that's a newer uh, a newer game that came out this year. The Demon Souls, you know, PS five remake is uh, forty bucks. Looks like Returnal is around forty bucks as well. So yeah, I don't know. Any what do you want to spotlight here, Louis? There there's so much that I I'm not sure where to uh, where to focus on. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything that really catches my attention here. Uh, like some of these deals are a little meh, meh, but I will say I am considering maybe getting this uh, one terabyte uh, uh, PS5 NVMe like SSD that you know mm-hmm. you got to install yourself and everything with the heatsink. So $145 for a terabyte. That's not too bad. Now me, I may hold off because I want to. If I'm going to expand my storage on the PS5, I'm going to get two terabytes minimum. Uh, so yeah. Anyways, yes. Um, I'll, I final shout out actually is that I just saw that Resident Evil Village is twenty bucks uh, for pretty much all platforms at uh, Walmart, and that's one of the game games of the year this year. So you might want to go and grab that. Damn. There, I yeah. I also grabbed another article from IGN here, but it's a lot of the same stuff. Uh, this one says the best Black Friday deals under fifty dollars. Um, I just figured we could go through it and see if there's anything uh better here. You know, Death Loop cheapest price is 25 bucks and that's on amazon walmart and gamestop guardians of the galaxy is also 25 dollars on walmart and amazon uh it looks like you can get a lot of these deals on amazon which is cool so if you don't want to leave your house for black friday you can just order these things from amazon uh, and get them delivered there's a lot of nintendo uh games that are getting discounted you know digitally on on eShop as well as on amazon and and these different stores you know most first party nintendo games you can get for 40 bucks uh, as opposed to the typical 60, you know, Fire Emblem Three Houses for 35, that might be the cheapest that game's ever been, and it's a Dan-recommended game. Yeah, and I, um, I'm i seeing these Xbox controllers, and I'm thinking about getting me my that uh, red Xbox controller to complete my set, because I like to have black, white, red, and blue controllers. So I'm glad I didn't buy it at launch whenever it launched earlier this year, because I uh, had a feeling that they were going to be on Black Friday discount. Because I think they retail for like either 60 or 70 bucks, but uh, they're here. Uh, all of the first party Xbox Series controllers um, are discounted to 50 bucks this Black Friday. That's pretty dope. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to get one of those, by the way, because I have two controllers and that was enough for me. Um, but one of them just kind of hasn't been working well recently. And I, it's a long story, but I ended up dropping some water into it. And then since then, it's it's been uh, it's been failing me. Yeah, it's. Wow. I, I, you know what? I'm just going to tell the story. I'm going to try to keep it short. All right. So water leaked from my ceiling from the, the second floor to the first floor somehow. Um, we have some kind of, you know, uh, I don't know, piping. We had some kind of piping issue or whatever. And it fell like right on top. Like it leaked through the ceiling right on top of where my Xbox controller was. Um, Damn. So I, I, uh, when I found out it was like, you know, soaking wet and it was like dropping from the ceiling and stuff. Uh, and I was like, oh, God damn. I tried to dry it and stuff, clean it, but. Now it's, uh, you know, it doesn't really work anymore. It, like, worked for a little bit, and then it just kind of stopped working, so. Yep, so that's a problem. I'm going to see if I can get it fixed, but in the meantime, probably going to get a new one. Yep, all right. And then, uh, what, we have, like, two, just two final things to hit up here. Uh, Games of Gold have been announced for the next month, December 2021. We got The Escapists 2 available for free all month. We got Tropico 5 available from December 16th to January 15th. Then we got Orcs Must Die available from December 1st to the 15th and Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet from the 16th to the 31st. Um, 
a lot of these game titles are like mildly familiar. I think Orcs Must Die is probably the one that I've heard the most about from here. Uh, the but, escapist. Yeah, nothing. So True. The escapist is probably the headliner. Tropico. The only reason why I know Tropico is because PlayStation gave away Tropico Five like years ago on PS Plus, and I didn't. I didn't care for it then. I don't care for it now. So. Yeah. Not a not a not a great month, but you know, here it is. That's, that's to be expected. Yeah, and we and we often miss those, but I wanted to throw them in here today. Uh, the free games with Amazon Prime Gaming. So if you have Amazon Prime, you can get those games for free. Uh, in December, those include Need for Speed Hot Pursuit, Journey to the Savage Planet, Football Manager 2021, Mork Red, Spellcaster University, YouTuber's Life, Stubbs the Zombie in Rebel Without a Pulse, and Tales of Monkey Island Complete Pack. So pretty good selection, I would say. You know, I've always uh, been keeping an eye on uh, Amazon Prime. We've we've covered Prime Gaming before, um, at least I have. Um, the reason why I haven't been mentioning it in the doc is because there hasn't been a uh, a standout game that's like, oh my god, dude, right. you, gotta, you need to catch, you need to get this. And here's the thing: when Amazon Prime Gaming first came out, like I'm talking about when it first, like we're doing Amazon Prime Gaming, they were giving out banger after banger after banger, and then all of a sudden, like. They started giving out like games that no one's ever heard of, and I can't. I kind of hated them for that. So they set <laughs> well, the expectations incorrectly. They set them too high. Yeah, it's hard to keep that cadence. But I will say that you know this month, you know, Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. I think that's a you know well reviewed game and stuff. Journey to the Savage Planet. I've heard mild things about. I don't know Football Manager is kind of like a niche game, but a lot of people are into it. Uh, YouTuber's Life. That's a weird like indie game where you get to be a YouTuber, and it's a fun like. I think it's like a fun stream game. Um, and then Stubbs the Zombie, you know, we also heard about that earlier in the year. So there's at least some more noteworthy titles this year. So I did want to shout it out. And yeah, you, that's it, Lewis. YouTuber's Life reminds me of a game called Gamer Girl. I don't know if you know this, but there was like a like a oh. FMV oh, game yeah. that was supposed to... Do you remember during that COVID? Ever... Like, yeah, during COVID, there was a trailer and that like set the internet on fire because there was like, how yeah. dare you, you know, Did that ever come game. out? I don't I know. I don't know. Now, I bet that game was canceled or something, by the way, based on the reception. Although, you know, I feel like I would have, you know, if, if it had come out that we would have seen the internet blow up. On new releases. It, but, yeah, on new yeah. releases or something, we would have caught it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. We'll, have to put a, we'll have to put a pin on that one. <laughs> put a pin on that. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, anyways, I'll go ahead and, uh, and sign us out here. <laughs> It is time to end. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Ready Press Play. Remember, you can reach the podcast at readyplaynetwork.com or simply at Ready Press Play on Twitter or TikTok. I'm on Twitter at Chakalaka88 and Dan. At the Delima. So don't forget to subscribe, give us a review, and tell your friends about the show and all that good stuff. Peace. Bye-bye.